Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey everybody, I want to thank you again for tuning into the Focus Hunting Podcast. We had a little bit of an uh, audio issue at the end of this one, so it gets cut off a little bit uh, prematurely, but uh, we're going to get out to you anyway. If you guys could please like, subscribe, Pete and I really appreciate that. Thanks guys. This sucks. How much time we got here? Uh, it's my wife can uh, can head to town and and grab my kids. So oh, okay, it's kind of weird. I actually have a I bit of time expe- here. I wasn't expecting a, <laughs> yeah, a man. phone call. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm free what <laughs> yeah it's kind of weird like i got came home i got home last night or yesterday afternoon at, i don't know like four o'clock unpacked most of my stuff out of my truck and then today like i didn't expect it to snow so man i had like a shit ton of stuff to do around the house and like just with the work stuff yard and yeah just yeah. prepping for winter kind of deal like yeah early snowfall for us yeah, no doubt. Like, what kind of snowfall do you guys normally get, or when do you normally get it, if any? Well, like, occasionally we'll get, I think last year we got a snowfall, like, I don't know, in December, just before Christmas, and the year oh, okay. before, not till after Christmas. We don't get a lot of snow down here, but yeah, we've already got snow on the ground here, so it was kind of a shock. Up in the mountains there, it was, it had snow two feet there on Friday. That's something else, dude. It's got its <laughs> benefits and it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's got its pros and cons. That's for damn sure. Well, there's a limit, right? Like, yeah, there's definitely a limit. It's good, but it's too much is not good. Yeah. Well, even a, even a temperature change too with the snow. Like, if it stays cold, I'm good with it. I personally, like down here where we are, like it snowed just two inches. Perfect for hunting wise. 
you can see the tracks like okay you know kind of see what's going on but when she free when she melts during the day and then freezes solid at night yeah and you go back to the next morning man you might as well be walking around with a bunch of dishes and just chucking them on the ground breaking them every yeah. step it's but, uh it's hard to make a stock that's for sure especially when you're bow hunting oh man it's almost yeah. impossible yeah that's that's and that's that's kind of where i'm at myself right now it's you know i'm into muleys like i've been trying to keep you in touch with and yeah it's just been nothing short of a pain in the ass yeah what do you do still got to keep going out even though you don't want to there's some days i'll be honest <laughs> just it's that whole mental tough thing sitting there and it's like you know coffee and a baileys would go real good right now <laughs> you're sitting yeah. there freezing your ass off <laughs> yeah but you know those are the days you go out and then stars align and you just connect it's like fuck i'm glad i went out yeah tomorrow that's tomorrow yeah so you got a, you're off next week too i've got till well here we have I call muley season the first to the ninth of November. Yeah. I mean, in BC here, for anybody who doesn't know, it's for the most part anyway, where Kevin and I am, it's uh, like September 1st, right through till uh, November 9th. You can take a mule deer, but the rut kind of the pre-rut starts around the first or whatever of November and it starts kicking in here right now. Like what, what are we at here? The sixth or something like that, depending on where you're at, give or take a couple of days. And, uh, yeah, so they're, they're starting to move. They're, they're starting to, to follow some does and check them out and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know if you've had a chance to see much of that doing what you're doing. Cause you were no, like, well, like when I, I was out chasing muleys, um, the last weekend of October. And where I was, they were just starting, the bucks were just sizing, sizing each other up. They were sniffing around. So it was getting pretty close there. They weren't far away from chasing does. Yeah. So, um, but it's funny because when I was out this week looking for a moose, um, yeah, all the bucks I've seen, they weren't doing any of that. Really? Which was odd. That is odd. Yeah. And, it was just the other day too, like just driving through a couple of towns to get to where I got to go to, um, you know, you kind of get your town bucks and does and stuff like that. And it was weird. Cause there was one day I walked or I was driving by and I was looking up into a couple of fields and there's a couple big, big buck all by itself. And the end of the fields, maybe half a click away where he definitely would have known the, the does were didn't, didn't care in the least bit just chowing down food and that was it didn't check him out nothing next day happens there's another buck in with those does and he's just hanging with them i don't see him chasing him around or anything like that and next day after that all of a sudden all those does are with that big buck at the other end of the field and it's, it's crazy what one day will do or two days will do yeah yeah and to be honest i really wasn't paying too much attention to mule deer so mm. Yeah, you've got that uh, that draw going on right now for moose, right? Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm only allowed one muley, so yeah, if I was allowed two, enough. then I definitely would be uh, paying attention to what they were doing. But yeah, um, yeah, so I don't know. I think uh, 
think if the guys are getting after him, I think should be good. I mean, there's not a lot of time left in our regions, but region three, you're allowed. You can still hunt deer. You still chase mule deer till I think December 5th or something crazy like that. Oh, for that long, really? Yeah. Yeah. I've got till Wednesday and that's it to seal the deal. It's. Oh, really? Yeah. And that's. Yeah. Well, that's the same here, actually. That's the 10th. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it used to be, I don't, I don't know about near region. It used to be till the 15th here before I hunted. Um, and that's from all the people I talk to who have been here forever. They always said like 13th, 14th, 15th is kind of when the big boys came out to play and kicked all the little kids out of the, <laughs> out of the schoolyard, more or less. Like you didn't see any monsters until then. And then it's like, they came down to do some, to get down to business. Yeah. And, uh, I'm not sure what the reasoning was, why they dropped it down, um, to November 10th. I've, like I say, it was pre hunting for me. So, um, it kind of takes takes some of the big boys out of the equation unless you're somehow able to get up high or wherever they're moving from or to. Yeah, it used to be till the 30th here for rifle, oh. and then we had a 10-day archery season in December. And then they cut the rifle season back to the 10th, but they still kept that um, late-season archery. Okay. And then there was, uh, um, they needed to reduce the hunter harvest 6% and it actually worked out to where the 6% was fell in line with archery. So, so they, they just took, took that out. Took it out. Gotcha. So, I mean, they, it would have been nice to see them take it out somewhere else, but. Yeah. I really wish we had more archery season for a lot of our animals and, yeah. uh, archery only would be, uh, I don't know, just comes with elk the whole nine yards but uh i'd like to see more archery not take it away from the rifle hunters i do rifle hunt <laughs> but you know even when it comes to elk i think we're the only province in canada like we've said before that hunts the elk in the rut i'm almost 100 percent positive on that so yeah yeah it's crazy i i mean you know we've talked about it lots i don't i don't get it but yeah this is what it sure is. imagine it, it's only a matter of time till they well, it'd be interesting in BC to see if they switch that over to do any more longer archery seasons. And I mean, they could do a lot. They can do a lot with ALEH. They can do a lot with everything. But absolutely, I don't think they really care. So I got to hear again about uh, kind of forgetting some of the story. I don't know if I got it all. I was kind of in the middle of still my moose moose hunt and everything. But your elk that you got this year, yep. unreal, unreal. Like my hat's off to you, dude. Like. As a beauty. Yeah. What, so old, uh, oh, that all go down. Old, really old. He had like no teeth. Really? They're all fall down. Yeah. Did I tell you I kept a tooth? I'm going to send it away to agent. I can't remember. Yeah. I can't remember, but that'd be, that'd be neat to see. Cause yeah, he just, he just looks old too. Yeah. Just old. Leaving his eyes and like everything, ears all scarred up and he had scars all over his face. Just old. Cool. just an yeah. old warrior. Yeah, just an old, old bull. Jeez. Yeah, well, it feels like a long time ago now. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's only been a couple, what, three weeks or so? Oh, man. Something like that. It was maybe. in October I got that because I, it was on the fort. Oh, no, it was, yeah, it was quite a while ago. It was the 14th, 15th. I got it on the 15th. Okay. Because it shuts down the 20th. Yeah. And then I was mule deer hunting uh, 
the weekend after that. No, I was mule deer hunting the last weekend of October. I was up in, uh, we went out again and tried to get wide a deer That's the weekend right. in between. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, all of a season. Beauty elk so for you. Long. Beauty mule deer. Yeah. It's funny. Like it just it seems like, uh, seems like forever ago when I was up North on that caribou hunt. And then we just, we put a lot of time into trying to get Wyatt a deer. He got a bear. But uh, October just seemed to fly by. But uh, yeah, that elk, I, I just had to go solo. Yeah, sometimes it's just the best way to go. It, you know, it's nice bringing somebody with you, especially your kid and everything. But when they're not quite at that level yet, then uh, it's just. Yeah, and it's a new area too where I was going for elk. Like I've been in that area. I've, I've hunted mule deer in that area. I've never hunted elk in that area. Yeah. So it's not too far from where I live. It's about a two, two and a half hour drive. And it's kind of funny because the area when we were talking where I was going to go before, um, I was filling up at the gas station and I was to start, I was talking to a few guys and they were wearing um, camo hip waders. And I asked them what they were hunting for and all this stuff. And they're like, oh, no, we're, we're not hunting. We're fishing. And I was like, oh, yeah. And they just chat with the bullshit with them. And they asked me what we we're doing. I was like, oh, I'm going to go look for mule deer and elk. And they're like, oh, we've seen some elk. And I was like, oh, really? So I started picking their brain. Yeah. And they told me, they told me where they had seen elk while they were fishing. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to take a little detour here from where I originally thought I was going to go. And, uh, yeah, I got up where they were fishing and sure, sure as shit. I seen elk right off the side of the road. So I awesome. stopped, pull over, start glass. And I glassed till dark. And I was like, well, I'm going to have to reassess my plan here. So I went back, <clears throat> I went back down to uh closer to town there to get cell service so i could bring up some maps and then i just called my cousin who he's kind of my contact i let him know where i'm going um just in case shit hits the fan yeah so i said okay well uh, i'm gonna go to a different area here dude so if you don't hear from me from sunday this is where i went in so i went down i i opened up the the back roads maps and uh eye hunter and uh, where i'd seen those elk it was um crown land or sorry it was private land but it backed onto crown land and then i i opened up the back roads maps just to see if there was a road in there and uh there was a road that got me close but not too close so i went up there that night to the end of the road and then my plan was basically i'm gonna i was gonna curl up around and get to the crown land so i did that went all the way up early in the morning it was like it got up three three thirty got in there it was still dark when i was in there got up to a high vantage point where i can glass you know the whole mountainside and then i was also looking down on that chunk of private so i sat there and then like as soon as it started getting light you can see elk coming out of the tree line jumping into that field where i had seen them spotted them the night before yeah and they were quite a ways away from where they're actually a long ways away from where i was but there were some cows in there doing their thing there was a bull down a little lower and then some cows would come out some more would go back and then you know after a while hour hour and a half two hours they kind of all funneled out of there they went back into the tree line so I sat there all day, waited. I was like, okay, well, I'm already here. I'm just, and it was still, it was still hot then middle of October. It's still crazy hot. What are you guys, what were you guys looking at? I remember, I can't remember what it was, but I remember it was something stupid for that time of year. Yeah. It was in the mid twenties still. That's crazy. Yeah. It was hot, dry. So I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to sit here and I'm a glass for meal there. So I'd glass for meal there. I'd get up and move a little bit, glass some more, go to a different ridge, glass some more. And then as soon as it started getting closer to the evening, 
I think it was around four o'clock. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go back to that spot. I was in the morning where I seen those elk, see what they do. I go up top. First couple of critters that jump out of there are bulls, right? I couldn't tell how, what they were from where I was. Yeah. And then the cows come out and then the bulls, they move around this field. So, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to go down and get a closer look. So I snuck down uh, where I can get a little closer to see what they were. Still, by, by the time I got there, the bulls had moved to the far side and you could barely see them. It kind of, you know, the, the field was up and down, up and down. So I just sat in that exact spot where I was until dark. And it's as soon as it started getting dark, the elk hopped out of there, went back into the tree line. So I waited for it to get dark. Then I got out of there, went back to where my truck was. I was just staying in my truck. So same thing, got up early in the morning, 3, 3.30, headed back. But this time, instead of going to the high spot, I went to where I left. Yeah. And it was a lot closer. And it was about four or 500 yards where they jumped the fence to come back into the crown land. So my plan was I wanted to get nice and close. So maybe if there's a bull that's coming, you know, he jumps into the tree line, yeah. I could maybe make a move on him if he's a legal bull. Yeah. So I go to that exact spot where I was the night before, which was a spot close enough to where they were coming. They were leaving in the morning. Um, but they went down further. They're down a couple hundred yards, jumping the tree line into that into that big field. But they're down further now. They went probably two, three hundred yards down. So now I'm 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 no no maybe seven hundred yards roughly from where they hopped the fence to go out, and they were working away from me. And then I watched them. I was watching them. I was like, okay, well this is not not very good because they're moving away from me now. Once the sun comes out, they're gonna leave. They're gonna hop back in this tree line. I'm gonna be too far away. So I'm sitting there trying to come up with a plan to how I can get closer to where I think they're gonna hop the fence to go back to the tree line. And then all of a sudden to my left, I hear some rustling in the bush and I look over and there's a bull. And this bull is about 200 yards away. And I couldn't tell how big it was, but I could tell it was a bull. It's in the thick trees. I'm like, okay, so I've got my binoculars out now. I'm glassing, I'm glassing. I can't see how big it is. And then it walks out of the tree line. And right away, I was like, holy shit. Okay, that's, I could see it with my naked eye, right? I'm like, that's a legal bull. So I'm like, okay, well, I need to do something here. So I'm watching him. And he cuts out of the tree line and he's walking up along. There's the old fence that I'm assuming it was the fence for the, the private land section. It bordered the crown land, right? Yeah. So I'm assuming it was that fence, but it was kind of, it was kind of down and broken. And there was a gate there that was kind of down, but you know how those, you know how those fences are. They're always trees fall on them and they're always, they're never great. So I'm sitting there watching this guy and he comes out of the tree line and he's walking on the outside of the fence and he's on, he's on crown land and he's doing it right. He's walking on the outside of the fence, bordering the, uh, the private land. So I'm sitting there watching him and I may be. 180 yards away from where he is. I'm like, okay, I got to get, I got to get closer here. So take off my shoes. <laughs> you, your shoes take them off. <laughs> well, it's quieter, way quieter. I, I just, I've got princess feet. That's all there is to it. I couldn't do it. <laughs> so I take off my boots and I sneak back around out of sight and I come back up to the section of these willow trees. Look, I can't see the bull, but I can still hear something moving over there. I'm like, okay, so I have to get better. So I move up a little bit. And now he's only about a hundred yards away from me. So I'm like, okay, uh, I got to get, I got to find a shoe lane in here. And I'm looking around, I'm glassing things. I'm trying to get into a position where I can get a shoe lane. There's one patch, there's one opening that from where I was to where that opening was to the edge of the opening, it's maybe, it's not far, maybe 10 yards, but it's yeah. thick, like really thick. You know how those trees bundle together. And like for me to walk through there, I'd have been screwed. Oh, okay. So I duck, I have to go back. So I back backtrack a little bit and get to the other side of those 
but I'm still got cover because he's down below me. He's to the left and down below me. Can't see me. But by the time I go down and go low, he had walked into the private land through a fence and I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh shit, he's going to, he's going to take off down toward this other elk car. So I'm like, fuck. So I just sit there, wait and wait and wait. He walks in chews on some grass, gets 20 yards inside of that fence, turns around and comes back out. And he's hit, now he's heading straight back up the hillside. Now, where I'm sitting, there's a clearing. It was 62 yards to the tree on the other side. And it was, that was the very first, like that was the that was the only, my first shooting lane. And he started walking up on the other side where that tree was, there was a whole bunch of bushes and stuff. And he started walking up on the other, like through the trees and stuff. So like, there's no way I can get a shot, right? I have to shoot through the trees. So he's walking up and I'm like, fuck, this bull's going to walk up 60 yards from me. He's gonna. He's, I'm gonna watch him walk him to the tree line. He starts walking up. He's biting on some branches, and I'm watching him the whole time, eh? And I'm just sitting there, being like, "Fuck this! This thing's gonna walk. It's gonna walk right past me." And I can't do anything. Like it's just thick, thick bush, like thick trees. Those alders, you know, all that, that oh, crap. Yeah. So I'm like, "Oh man, this sucks." So he starts walking up, then all of a sudden he stops. He does a 180. He goes back down, and then he cuts around. He's chewing on some grass, comes up a little bit, stops, does kind of like a half circle. And then he starts walking up. Now he's walking up in the clearing where I have a shooting lane. So now I'm like, oh, I'm now I'm getting jacked, right? I'm like, okay, yeah. fuck, he's going to walk right in here. He's going to walk. And I can just like, I can just see through those willow bushes that I'm standing behind, just see through them. So what, as he's walking up, I draw back, right? He's got to yeah. be five feet from that tree. I draw back. He walks up in front of that tree. No shit. Puts his head down to have to have a bite. Nice. And I just kind of like half stood up and let it go. And then he took off up the hill, like up the hill as fast as he could. So I'm like, oh shit. So I knock another arrow and I just sit and wait. Sitting there waiting. Feels like an hour has gone by. It's 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sitting there waiting, waiting. And I didn't hear a crash, right? Like I didn't hear him crash in the bush, but I could hear him take off. So I'm sitting there and then, you know, doubt starts going through your head. Where did I hit him? Did I hit him back? I know I didn't miss because I heard the sound of the arrow hit him. So I'm glassing, right? I'm glassing the other side. I'm looking for the air. See if I could see the arrow on the other side. Because I didn't want to get up yet. I didn't want to make a bunch of noise. So finally, after 45 minutes, I'm like, okay. I sneak over there, look around. No blood where I hit him, right? I'm like, fuck but that doesn't always mean a whole lot. So I'm looking around, looking around. I find my arrow, right? It's got good blood on it. That's good. So I'm like, okay. So I go back up to where I pulled, where I let the arrow go. And I sit down there again and I wait. And I'm like, just sitting there being like, should I go? Should I stay? I'm like, okay, well, fuck it. I'm going to go back. I went back and got my boots, put my boots back on, went back up, sat down where I let the arrow go. And I just sat there and waited. Waited for an hour. And the whole time I'm like standing up, I'm looking, you know, I'm glassing the trees, trying to see if I can find them, listening, trying to hear if I can see if I can hear anything. So after an hour or two, I, I'm looking at the arrow and I'm like, man, that, that looks good blood. That looks like good blood. So I'm like, okay, well, fuck it. I'm going to go look for this thing. So I, I go up around and I'm not walking the same place he he ran up. I didn't want to bump him. Right. So I walked, yeah. I walked up around to where I figured, you know, where I last heard him. I walked quite a ways up, probably 500 yards up to where I last heard him. And, uh, I get up top and I'm kind of just going really slow, looking for blood, looking for him, listening, you know, looking to see if I can see where he ran. Right. Yeah. Um, cause you could tell like when those elk, they take off through that thick bush, you can literally tell which direction they ran. I couldn't find anything. I'm going back and forth 
looking for him, looking for blood, looking for him. And then all of a sudden I got my head down. I'm looking, I put, put my head up and I see two antler tips sticking up. So I duck down right away. I'm like, oh shit. Okay. So I knock, <laughs> I knock an arrow, get my rangefinder out and I kind of like sneak up. And I'm looking at him and he's not moving. And I'm going through and, and it's got, you know, there's leaves and shit, right? They've all fallen down. So it's not, it's not super quiet like that. He's going to be uh, an animal would he- be able to hear you walking through that stuff. Yeah. He's not moving. So I grab a stick and I throw a stick to see if I can get him to stand up. Right. Nothing doesn't move. So I get to a spot where I'm looking down on him. Now I range him. I'm 50 yards away and he's not moving, but he doesn't look like he's dead. He looks like he's just sat down like he's hurt. Really? Yeah. So I'm sitting there. So I grab another stick and I throw it close to him and nothing. So I still have that arrow knocked. I go back to full draw and I basically just fast walk towards this thing <laughs> thinking, okay, I'm going to get close to him and he's going to stand up when I'm going to let one go or he's going to run me over either way. Right. So I got up to him and he's dead. That's awesome. Yeah. So then I was like, and I, he was a lot bigger when I got to him than he was when he was walking out. Oh, dude. It was, it's a dream bull. It's Absolute. Big, it's big. Stud. Yeah. And I can't remember. Did you post pictures? I know you don't usually post pictures of your, of your. Yeah. I post a picture of that bull. Okay. And it's funny. So you see how, like in that picture that I posted on Instagram, that bull is laying. That's exactly how I found him. Yeah. And it looks like just, he sits down, his eyes are kind of open. You know what I mean? Not, not all the way open, but just. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. And it like, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah and it's... so it's funny. So I'm like, holy shit. So I get him on side, right? I start breaking the animal down and then I'm start doing trips to the truck and back. And it's about a two hour, it's about a two hour round trip to get him to my truck and back. And then I get to my truck, like I drop the first load off and I get to my truck. I'm like, fuck, I wonder if I have a Sawzall in my truck. Cause I have like my work tools. Sure yeah. enough. I got a battery. I got one of those DeWalt Sawzalls in there. I'm like, nice. Awesome. Yeah. So that saved me a lot of time. Not something everybody has in their <laughs> no. truck. <laughs> no. So that was good. That saved me a bunch of time. Um, and then I, when I was finishing up, I was like, oh man, I got to grab the heart for a buddy of mine. Cause he, he loves eating the heart so i pull the heart out and i look at it like oh i hit it with my knife so i wiped the blood off and i was like oh you could see exactly like perfect broadhead hole right through him right right where the arrow went i was like oh but you know that bull still ran 200 yards through the bush from where it's crazy that they can with a heart shot yeah a perfect shot it's crazy what adrenaline will do yeah and like 200 yards straight run like through trees like just he broke a lot of shit run run through there like Jeez. just full force like now again we're talking mid 20s here you're a long ways from the truck yeah you're solo how'd you how'd you kind of break it down like how'd you prep this thing so that you could get this to your truck in time like that's my biggest fear because i like hiking and i'm you know yeah always accused just like you know a lot of other hunters out there well, what's around that next corner? What's around there? Yeah. Well, just a little farther. And then it's like, oh shit. I'm yeah, a long so ways away. It was about, a, it's about, so basically what I did, the first thing I did is I got the height, I got the cape off it. Number one. Yeah. So I pulled it, had it, and it's, this, it's big animal, right? So it's laying, I get it to where it's laying on one side, right? And I just, you know, took my knife around its ankles, the front, up the inseam, peeled it back, 
you know, all through, all the way up to the spine. Same thing down the leg, peel that all back, pulled it right basically like a blanket off of them. Yeah. So now it's laying upside, the hide's laying upside down, but it's still, you know, it's cut up to his spine. Yeah. You're and doing took, it the gutless method then. Yeah. I'm taking I it. take all the meat off that way. Right. And then I hang it, then I hang it up in a shaded area yeah. right away where it can get, you know, so it's in the shade and trying to get some air on it right away. So it cools down. And I did the other side, right. And I took the cape for like, I had the cape and the head and everything attached at first. And I just laid the cape so it would dry right away. Yeah. Laid it out. Um, so then I started doing loads back to the truck. And then when I got to the truck, I had the Sawzall. So I brought the Sawzall back, which made it a lot easier because I could start cutting, I could start cutting some of that bone off that I didn't need. Right. I started cutting yeah. it off at the knee joints and stuff where I didn't need it. And, uh, so I did that saved a lot. Um, took it back took like each load, right? Like, so I took one quarter back, dropped it off. Same thing when I got, I didn't take and like stick in the back of my truck, just found a shaded area, tied it up, left it there, went back, got the next one, went back, got the next one, went back, got the next one, right? Kept going, kept going. And then now that I have the Sawzall, I started dragging that head out with the cape attached to it. But then I was like, fuck this. I took this, I took it, peeled the cape off the, off the head, rolled that up. And I just took the sawzall and cut the head right off, took one of the teeth. And then I actually took, I took the, um, the ivories out of it too. Yeah. Um, but that saved a lot, not packing that giant fucking head out of there. Cause I could yeah. take the Cape and the rack on the same trip. So it yes. saved a lot. And then I got to the truck. By the time I got the truck, it was already dark. It already cooled down lots. So I threw it all in the truck, drove home two hours. I got home, I think around. 1230, 12 o'clock, 1230. That's not. Yeah, that night, awesome. the, the next morning, yeah. Yeah, yeah I left awesome. my truck at 3, three around 3 or 3.30. I got back to it with a load, like all done. At about tw- No, I got back at about 10. I got home at about 12, 1230. Nice. Yeah, we were, your story came up, um, I'm friends with our local butcher uh, in town here. And so we, yeah. we kind of got talking about uh, meat prep and meat loss and all that kind of stuff. I did run into a group this year who lost an elk uh, who are, they, they shot a, a really nice six by six out by where we were moose hunting. Um, they were in from the coast. Didn't realize that there's a lot of butchers everywhere, actually in BC, but here included that aren't taking wild game anymore. So anybody who's traveling from out of town to a new area, check. There's a lot of butchers who are just fed up with a lot of crap coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, long story short, these guys couldn't find a place to get to. And by the time they did get it to a butcher that would um, take their, their elk, they turned it away because it went bone sour. Oh, yeah. So talking to with my, my buddy from in town here, he was explaining that a lot of times he said, even in winter time, when it's like minus eight, minus 10, he's seen animals that have come in 24 hours after that have gone bone sour from people not finding it. And he's just like, you, you got to think of your internal body temperature, mm-hmm. you know, even yeah, for exactly. people, it's like 37 degrees, 36, something like that in yeah. that ballpark. He's like, so that's your most important thing is just to get those legs off yeah. at the bear. If, if you can't do anything at the least, like you say, hang it up in a tree, whatever, 
but get those appendages off mm-hmm. separated from the body, get that hide off and let the air get to it. And then yeah. worry about getting it to your truck. Yeah, exactly. But even if it's 25 degrees outside, it's not the heat from the sun that's, that's, that's making it go bad. It's yeah. the internal temperature. It's the internal, it. yeah. Those organs, they hold so much heat. And that's why it's important right away. You got to get that hide off first. As soon as you get that hide off, you can feel the heat coming off that critter, right? And then yeah. get the big get the big items out first, right? Get those out of the way, you know, rear, front, get those up and out of the way. And then just start pulling meat off that thing and just hang it. That's what all I do is I just find the coolest, like you can find pockets of cool air where it's got shade and it never gets sun. Yeah, hang it in one of those places. Hang it up too. Don't lay it down. Hang it up. That way you get air on it, and then get it all off. Get it all hung up, and then worry about running back and forth. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. Now, do you ever carry one of those? I know some people carry like a little tarp with them or anything like that. Because yeah, I, well, have. I have like a. It's not a tarp, but it's a little. Um, it's like a little windbreaker, a little shelter. Okay, so something you can lay the meat on or something like that, or do you just yeah. lay it on the hide until you can hang it up? I hang it up right away. Yeah. All so right. like I cut I cut the rear quarter off. I hang yeah. that rear quarter. I don't like it laying on the ground, and it, you, you have to do it anyway. Yeah. It takes literally takes like what all you do is you find a good branch, good branch coming off a tree, tie a, tie your rope your string to a to a stick, throw it over top, right? Yeah. Do a bowl and tie it to the rear to the quarter. Yeah. And then just pull it up. It doesn't have to be, you're not worried about bears at this point. You're just worried about the cooling down, right? That's, That's all right. you're worried about. So, I mean, the gut pile is right there. It makes no difference, right? You're not worried about bears aren't your concern right now. You just want that meat yeah. not to spoil. So just get it up. I just get it up off the ground and get it in a cool place right away. It takes little to know, you know. Oh, I, I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a nice set of game bags. I actually grabbed them from a buddy of yours there too, that, we both know um, from Hudo. I, I love them. I didn't get a chance to use them this year so far. Um, we got lucky enough with our uh, with our moose. We just had enough rope <laughs> yeah. to, to pull them out with some ingenuity and everything. Um, but I like having game bags too, just to keep it clean. Not only, you know, protect yeah. it from flies and stuff, but yeah, like you say, you just get it off, get it in that game bag, make sure it's a breathable one. And uh yeah, get yeah. it up in a tree right well, away. Well, that, that's a concern too, is flies. But at that point, really, I really don't fuck, man. There's only so much you can do about every little thing. So, like, I, yeah. I get, I get it off the ground. I just get it cooling. Like, soon as the you get a crust built up on that, the better. But the biggest thing is just getting it off the end, getting it away from its internal organs and getting that hide off. Yeah. And just absolutely. making sure you don't get it spoiled. But there's going to be flies. Flies are going to get yeah, and flies are going to get on it. But like, like I say, you can't control every little fucking thing. So yeah, yeah, you do it the is best what it you is. can with what you got. Absolutely, yeah. it is what it is, right? Yeah. And then you know, by the time I was done, it was dark. It had already cooled down. So then I, you know, I just threw it all in the back of my truck and headed for home. And then as soon as I got home, I have. Uh, I was going to put it in my garage where I normally do and put the fans on it, but it was just too yeah. hot, man. So I put it, I have a cargo trailer. I, I set some scaffolding up inside this cargo trailer, put some poles up and I just hung it all in my trailer. And then yeah. I, at the back of it, I cut a piece of plywood, right? This is like one o'clock in the morning. I'm doing all this shit, right? 12, 30, yeah. one o'clock in the morning. I cut a piece of plywood and then I cut a hole in and I stuck the, uh, an air conditioner that we had in the garage, stuck that in there. Yeah, cranked it on, 
put a fan inside there and then i had that going but man it was it was still hot like it was 28 degrees the next day and it's sitting in a like so i had to call i actually got a hold of uh my buddy dave and uh he referred me to this guy and I said, Hey man, I got an elk. I need it. I need to get it in a cooler. I need to get it. I need to get it butchered up here. And he's like, Oh, I'm kind of busy. I'm like, but, um, yeah, no problem. Bring it down. So I brought, brought it down to him right away and he dealt with it. So That's normally awesome. I like to do it myself, but I just, I wouldn't have had time. It would have, I was so worried about just with the temperature. I mean, on any normal year, like if it was a normal year that, you know, the middle of October, we're not, we're not, plus 28 30 degrees so yeah. you know we're like 15 16 more manageable weather yeah but it's just too hot so i took it to a butcher Have and it was ever... 700 bucks to get it all done which was good yeah it's well 700 bucks but that thing was a tank that's no average yeah. elk what you got no, off man. that thing it yeah. was huge and i'm not talking just the rack the body was, body massive. was massive yeah yeah. And it's funny too, like the rack, it didn't have long main beams on it. Like not super long main beams yeah. and like not crazy, like just, but just old and like its eye guards are really long. His eye guards are like 18 inches long. Well, those things are ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it was, and it was it's a just cool feature. Bent and yeah, just, he's just an old, but you could like just an old, just an old man. Do you think an elk? as old as you think that one possibly is, do you think they even breed at that age? Like, there's got to come to a point where I have no idea. they don't care as much anymore. There, there has to be a point with all yeah. animals. Like they just, <laughs> like you young think, bucks, you go for it there. I've, I've done my time. Well, you... and yeah. And like, yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, you'd have to, but that elk, that elk, I think that, you know, those old deer you get, like you ever know whitetails, for instance, like <clears throat> I've gotten whitetails on my game cameras. You never see them, never see those bucks. You see them on your game cam at night and that's it. And they're old, huge, just old deer. Yeah. They just cruise around at night. They lay around all day. I think this guy was one of those, it was a deer, it was like a deer, just like that. Like, it's just an elk that stayed out of trouble, kept his nose clean. You know, even like watching him walk into the field, he walked in there, like not very far and turned around. He's like, no, I'm going to go and back like, where it's safe. Yeah. And I just happened that day. I just happened to be in the right time at the right place. And that's all it was. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Have you ever thought about, uh, building almost like a cooler shed yourself or have you ever really had besides this last year yeah yeah, yeah I've, contem I've contemplated it here um you know it's pretty easy actually to build a shed like that for what you yeah. need especially if you maybe got a hunting partner or something like that that wants to go in with you or just by yourself or whatever but uh would you use one of those cool bots? I've heard lots about them. Yeah, we were talking about this before. Yeah. Yeah. So all I would do is I just build a concrete block room off my house and insulate it. Yeah. And just my I got a buddy who's uh air conditioning um tech. Get him to hook me up with a way of keeping it cool. Yeah. And just put a couple poles in there for hanging. That's all you need is just for hanging. That's then right. at least you can pull it out like you go to work during the day, you come home, you pull a quarter out after dinner, right? 
and you do a quarter, right? Now it's going to take yeah. you, depending on what you're doing. If it's a deer, obviously it's not going to take you as long as a moose or an elk. And all depends what kind of cuts you're doing. But at least then you can pull all, you know, you can pull out all your, off all your roast, take your steaks off that you want and just throw the rest that you're going to grind up, throw it in a bowl or a container with a lid, put it in there. Right. And then the next night do another quarter. Right. And then at on the weekend, grind it all up or something like that. I don't know, but at least if it's cool, you have that option. How uh, hot it's been out here. We, I just no way. I like, just don't have that option. Yeah. This is the time of year. I like to, for, for the most part, like if I get one now, I usually just, I don't have a garage. I've got a shed, but my in-laws have a, a nicer garage and we have it set up there. We've got some hooks up in the ceiling and everything that we can just, we can put one of those hanging. It's not yeah. a tripod, but you know what I mean? It almost looks like a giant coat, coat yeah. hanger or whatever. Yeah. We just usually hang the, the deer in there. Um, yeah. Well, and see my, my mule deer, I got home with that elk on the 15th. I got home with my mule deer on the 30th. And I hung my mule deer in the garage without a fan on it. And it was perfectly fine. Yeah. That's good. But the temperature changed massively, right? Yeah. It was only getting to, man, like five degrees during the day. So it was more than cold enough. Yeah. More than cold Uh, enough. That deer had a lot of fat on it, man. I don't know if I I told you that. Yeah, I think you did. It was insane. It was definitely prep for winter. Oh, like it, well... It hadn't gone into the, like the rut was just starting. And like, yeah. that's a key indication is how much fat they go on. Cause when deer go into a rut, they literally stop eating. They stop eating. They, they don't eat. They only have one thing on their mind. That's fucking. Yeah. They just, they don't eat. And then after the rut's done, over, then they worry about it. And they try to replenish all that fat loss for, for winter. Yeah. It's something else. Yeah. It's. It's crazy how that works. You figure they just, I don't know. It's crazy. They go all summer, right? Once they move, like once they get down into secondary living, they just eat and gorge, gorge, and just do nothing but eat until the rut. And then they stop eating. And then they do their thing. Then they go recover. And then they worry about eating again and trying to build up enough fat. To it's last amazing the they survive. Cause at that point, there's not a lot of nutrients left in what's left out in the woods. No. And the thing is I like, you like... get, you can get in areas like we're up looking for moose, man. And all of a sudden snowed two feet. Yeah. And we're still seeing mule deer up in there. So like they're going to have, they get pushed down low, obviously, but still. That's uh, some hard living there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They're yeah. They're wired just the time of the year that they're you know the way it the way it works out for them and it's just crazy how it's all how it all lines up it's like they eat they breed they don't eat they get skinny then they try to replenish all that fat loss that they lost during the rut for winter figure like they would give themselves more time yeah it, and winter. it's it's crazy come springtime for anybody who's got trail cameras still out i usually have mine out year round just trying to learn areas yeah and it's kind of it's crazy how many bones are sticking out on a lot of those deer even the does i mean the does the does got a fawn in them too so they got you know the life getting sucked out of them as well well and it's it's with the does too the thing is so if a doe like a doe will usually it'll carry it'll carry to full term 
very rarely does a doe ever abort. But if it doesn't get enough nutrients throughout the winter, doesn't build up enough fat, if it's starving or if it just, if it just doesn't get enough feed throughout the winter, it won't lactate. It'll drop that fawn and it won't have any milk for it. And it'll just leave the fawn. Oh yeah. Yeah. And just I didn't know abort. that. Yep. Yeah. They mostly always carry to full term. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And there's not much left of them at the end. Like when you no, hit, man. what is it? You get some it, long winners. Is it April is called the month of death. I think, yeah. I think April is around here anyway, because you get long winters and April can get ugly too. Like yeah. things start greening up and then all of a sudden, boom, you get hit with another snowstorm and you're just yeah. like, oh, good Lord. Like what next? Yeah. Well, I, I like, I've seen Mueller, like, I've seen us get like an early high alpine or like mid alpine snowstorm in like early October. It'll push the bucks down and then it'll all melt. Then they'll all go way up back up top. So like you'll see them down low and then all of a sudden they're gone. And you're like, where the fuck did they go? They're just gone. They went back up top. So yeah, they're, they're neat creatures, man. But yeah, that, that, deer i i shot he had he had like four inches of fat on him on his on his ass that's awesome yeah yeah it was kind of it was similar to the moose that we got too um our our butcher guy uh he was impressed with like because this moose that that my wife got it was chasing a cow hard across the road like it was insane i'd never seen that before because we don't get to moose hunt too often so it's not something i'm focused on um, but he says he can tell the difference between one same kind of thing pre, during, and post rut. Yeah. And he said this thing's barely burned. It's it's hardly lost any fat on it whatsoever. Same thing, because it was just yeah, getting into it, just kind of going through the motions and stuff. So which is good too, because it just means they're gonna taste that much better. Yeah, definitely. Okay, guys, I want to thank you again for tuning into the Focus Hunting Podcast. It's coming at you as part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. Quick shout out to the sponsors of this show Vortex Optics, the best in optics, period. AKU Boots, yoke to your feet. Now, if you guys go check out the uh, show notes, um, you're going to find some promo codes. Use them, save a bunch. And uh, if you guys could please leave us a rating and review, we really appreciate that. And uh, until next time, love you guys.